0: my name is Mark Paul, joining you here on this beautiful Friday afternoon. My co-host, Justin Baker, via the satellite, uh, is obviously here with us today. Justin, say hello to the the best people on Earth. Who is that? I I don't know. They're definitely not listening to this show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we have a lot to talk about uh, on this show. I mean... First off, we're going to give you our, our top five surprises. Well, maybe not first, but that that's coming. Top five surprises so far of the season. I know we're like four games in, so uh, just you know, not. I don't know if there's that many surprises, but we we have uh, we've narrowed it down to some some pretty significant ones thus far. Uh, as well, we'll cover any uh, significant news going on and uh, break it all down for you. So, Justin, anything that uh, so far in the NHL season that uh, that's just caught your eye, in, just off the top of your head?
1: Off the top of my head, I, I think uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, I think, would be one right off the top of my head that have just caught my surprise, just because I've been trying to keep a close eye on Peter Morazic and uh, see if he can steal that starting job away. But it's it's interesting to see that they have yet to lose in regulation.
0: Yeah, start of the season 3 0 one The only other team in the NHL to uh, To not have lost in regulation, I believe, is the Anaheim Ducks. Oh, and the New Jersey Devils. That is correct. So, yeah, it's... Uh, and,
1: oh, and Chicago Oh, and Chicago.
0: But Chicago's yes. lost twice in <laughs> overtime, right? Yeah, uh, it's uh, certainly Carolina has finally, it appears, that they're living up to what everybody kind of thought. Like, when is this team going to finally be more than just a preseason Cinderella. And they're uh they've at least gotten off to a nice start. I mean, even even beating Vancouver in their last game five three, I mean Vancouver's looked pretty decent. I and mean, starting off two two and two, they beat Tampa Bay four one. And uh they've they've been playing a different brand of hockey without the Sedines. I think you're seeing the canucks come into their own as to you know the the new leadership as opposed to the uh the old school way of doing it and and those the Sedin brothers obviously you've you've got to play to their strengths and so at least you know one of those lines is going to be a little more of a a lot more of a cycle kind of matchup less speed and now they're able to just go full-on speed and it's, it's working especially for elias peterson
1: yeah, yeah, it seems to be uh, quite a good fit, the youth movement, as they like to call it in the big leagues. Uh, really enjoying seeing some of the younger guys there in Vancouver, just to see the transition working out pretty seamlessly so far, moving from the old era of Sedins to the new era of you know, Boer Horvats and Brock Bessers.
0: Yeah, and you know, for all the times that I've seen Elias Peterson compared to Wayne Gretzky, uh, I think that... I'm over any of those claims. So stop, <laughs> stop. If you're out there saying that Peterson is like Gretzky, just just go ahead and stop. Uh, he's he's really. It looks like he's going to be a really great player for the Canucks. Uh, I I don't think he's going to be beating uh, crazy records or leading this league in scoring. Uh, I. I understand the comparison is kind of coming from well, he's not the he's not the fastest. he's not the he doesn't have the hardest shot. he's he just he kind of has all these these different intangibles and uh, and he uses them all and they combine together to make one great player, which is awesome. i I just I'm sick and tired of people trying to compare to Gretzky or this guy needs to be Crosby. let him just be himself. Uh, the Canucks maybe have never seen a player like this before.
1: Yeah, I, I would definitely agree, but I uh, furthermore to your point, I, I always hate comparisons, especially early on in, a, in anybody's career because one when you start putting those type of expectations on a player, more than likely you're going to just see the opposite occur. I mean, most of the time you might, you know, see guys fall short just because again, you're setting the bar way too high. I mean, why not? Why not give the the kid a, you know, 5-7 years before you start saying, "Okay, this guy might be as good as Gretzky?"
0: Yeah, or how about like, hey, he kind of looks like Pavel Bure a little bit. How about there that? you go? That's like a little, you know. I I think that that's a better comparison. Hey, Pavel Bure actually played for the Canucks, and uh, was a smaller speedster kind of guy, and so uh, I I think the comparison there maybe works a little better. But uh, so, I think we should I think we should dive right into our surprises uh, as much as you know I want to talk about Austin Watson having his. His uh, suspension lowered from 27 to 18 games by an independent uh. arbitrator. And, you know, obviously the, the whole thing is very sensitive and the fact that he's there because of domestic abuse. And the organization, the Predators come right out and they're like, we, we didn't do this. <laughs> this had nothing to do with us. <laughs> uh, this was just, this was, you know, this was all an independent arbitrator. So, you know, we want to see the health of him and his family go well, but we didn't lower his suspension. And so that's, I I think, you know, if if hockey was a bigger sport, if if this was basketball, I think there might be a little bit more uproar from people, but because it's Nashville, it's hockey, I don't know how much you're going to hear from it, but Uh, I think it does bode well, though, for Tom Wilson in a way.
1: No, absolutely. I think when it's so hard to compare when you look at suspensions, right? Because you have one, which has relates to an off ice incident. And then you have another, which is, you know, sure. Sure. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. Totally different scenarios. But just the fact that Watson got 27 games, which is kind of a, if you ask me why, why 27 instead of 26 or 28 or, you know, And, and same with, same with Tom Wilson, where he gets 20 and 20 to me is like, we really like round numbers, so we're picking twenty. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it is what it is, and I I prefer to focus on on the surprises because for me, all my surprises are good surprises. So Ooh. I uh, I like to keep things positive here before uh, you know as we head in. Oh, I guess one of them is kind of negative, but.
1: Okay. okay. One out of one I, out of five I, I is okay. I don't want to be the only Debbie Downer in the group here, so
0: I lied. I guess two of them are a little negative. <laughs> so, All right. Oh boy. It's a but but slope. okay. But negative, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put a good spin on it. Okay. So let's do this. What is your? Uh, what, how did you determine these were surprises? Was it just like things you didn't expect, or maybe you expected it and it's like going over the top, or just really random things that you pulled out of a hat?
1: honestly i think these were all really there were a couple you know random things in there but most of them were just like things that i expected way players to you know play way teams to show up and i've gotten a lot of the complete opposite of what i expected out of certain players and certain teams and so for me those kind of fed a little bit more into my surprises uh there were there was one in here that was you know just sort of random uh but again you know what what about you where did where did you come in with all this
0: Oh, well, you know, we're five, four or five games into the season, so it is officially time to panic. Uh, I, I think that, you know, obviously Austin Matthews is on pace for. Actually, here's the crazy thing. So, Austin Matthews, you know, Austin Matthews and Morgan Riley both have 12 points through five games, and they are, which makes them on pace for a 196 point season. That's still. Is nineteen points less than what Gretzky had in his record-breaking season of
1: two fifteen? Yeah, that one may never be broken. That's, along with
0: like, he, if they continued this pace, it would be insane. And he still was better than this pace. <laughs> he was on. He basically was on like a thirteen-point pace through five games. Insane. Absolutely nuts. Uh, but that's. Uh, you know, that that kind of thing, I, I just think that's fine. I mean, we, uh, I'm, I, the way that I did my list, some of them were surprises. Some of them were like, wow, it's about time. And some of them, you know, it was just WTF, mate. All right. <laughs> that's how I did mine. So let's hear your number
1: five. All right. Coming in at number five, I have to, and, and again, it's, it's a little early in the season. Like we said, most teams are just a few games in, but, uh, my fifth surprise is the fact that the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, in particular, Steven Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov, zero points among them. Uh, the team in general only has five points among five different players. So yeah, by Scherelli, offense,
0: what what happened?
1: Yeah, Shirelli, Point, Gord, McDonough, and Corburn each have a point each. And that is it for scoring on that team. For a team that came out last year just firing on all cylinders, uh, it seemed like Kucherov was going to run away with everything. But granted, again, only two games then. Not ready to hit the panic button, but kind of a shocker through two games, especially, like you said last night, losing 4-1 to Vancouver, a team most of us might have picked to finish at the bottom of the league.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's a rough start for Tampa. Uh, personally, I'd be incredibly worried. I think that you should probably sell off all your season tickets. Just, uh, <laughs> just give up. It's all over. Uh, Toronto is obviously going to uh, win the Atlantic Division and the East oh. and the league. <laughs> so uh, it's you know it's it's ultimate panic time for the Tampa Bay Lightning. No, I, I mean. Yeah, okay. You have a couple bad games. You also come into the season and you're expecting to be really good, and so you look at a team like Vancouver, kind of a, a a garbage game, but you also don't know you've never played against Peterson before. You you know there's there's some new faces in Vancouver, and so I think that you maybe just aren't expecting you know the the team that's uh, that's coming and showing up. So I, I think that Tampa Bay will be fine. they they're still. A top five team in this league they'll figure it out Nik- nikita yeah. kucherov and Stamkos aren't going to not score <laughs> this season <laughs> right. so um my number five is actually something to do with today today is november 12th or october 12th 2018 <laughs> it is the second friday of the nhl season and do you know what's not so special about the second Friday in the NHL season? I don't know. There's no freaking games on. (laughs) What? You don't don't have a game on for four months, right? And then you come back. Okay, the first Friday, obviously it's the third day of the season. Tenth day of the season comes. Nah, just no games. Uh, Why? Why no games? Ah, just no games. (laughs) There's no games. What do you mean? Like, the only day that there should be no games is uh, oh wait there should be a game every day, including Christmas. If you ask me, yeah, I why I would the, not argue with that. Why at all. the league let players go? Oh, you guys want four days off? Okay, here, here you go. Yeah, you got to be with your family because who was it? Oh gosh, it was some kids, some player on the Leafs. His daughter sent this uh, this note to Gary Bettman about like. Please let my dad come home for Christmas. It's like, oh, oh. I'm sorry. Was your dad getting tired of making five million dollars a year? Is that was that why he <laughs> he had to be home on the 25th? Do you know how many people can't be home on the 25th or on the 24th, whatever it is? You know, you find your. It, it's fine to me to go. Hey, everybody is going to get a what a three day break sometime around Christmas, but yeah. That doesn't mean that you're not going to play on Christmas, but your family will have the opportunity to have some time together. That's fair. I think that it's fine to give some time off around that time. It's kind of a, it's not really a halfway point, but it's kind of a natural resetting point for a lot of guys. And there's obviously that trade freeze, and so I, I think that you could do it a lot better and continue having games and go head to head with the NBA. Like I don't want to watch. NBA games on Christmas. I don't care. And so give me some hockey to watch. It's the time when I'm sitting around doing nothing, hanging out with my family who would also love to watch a hockey game. I don't know why I just went on a rant about Christmas, but no games on a Friday. What the heck?
1: Yeah, of all days, right? I mean, I could understand a Monday or maybe even a Tuesday, but on a Friday when people are – Home. They can stay up late and watch hockey. Like they can even watch the 1030 games in Vancouver or LA if they want to.
0: I could be drunk watching hockey, but instead <laughs> I'll be drunk not watching hockey. <laughs> <sighs> this is so frustrating. What a what a rip-off, NHL. Joke. Come on, figure it out. I'm gonna be in charge of the scheduling next year. Okay, what's your number four?
1: Number four. I this is my random one, but the amount of people on the I are already to start the season and the big mm. names that they are is crazy to me.
0: Yeah. Ryan Getzlaf is one that stands out to me because he's on the IR yet. His team is yet to lose in regulation. And yet everybody that I've heard talking about the ducks are saying the ducks just have to hold on here until gets gets back. <coughs> and it's reminiscent of last year. They did yep. the same thing. It was like they just gotta hang on until Kessler gets back, or Perry gets back, or Getzlaff gets back, or Fowler gets back. It was, I mean, this this team. There's something going on. I don't know too much surfing or who knows. But uh,
1: there you go. Yeah, but some of the other big names. I mean, you know, for instance, you know, Jonathan Quick, Roberto Luongo. I love seeing the good goaltenders in there playing. I, I want to see those guys, even though I have been grateful to have picked up Jack Campbell in my fantasy league and have been uh, just l- sucking the life out of that one um, but another one the Vegas Golden Knights for example a team uh, that I was excited about watching Max Pacioretty uh, play alongside Paul Stasi and I can't see that early on in the season because the freaking dope is on IR
0: yeah it's sad and you know Pacioretty actually scored his first goal as a, as a Golden Knight and then they called it back it was two inches <laughs> offside. Hate that rule. Uh, not the offside well, rule. I hate the I, – I don't like the replay. I'm not a fan.
1: Uh, there, it's, it's, it was a little excessive, but, I, I mean, I could, I could go on about that for a long time. But sure. let's let's move on. Okay. Number
0: uh, my number four is that Elias Peterson is the real deal.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, I, you talked pretty highly of him. And a lot of people talked highly of him. I've seen some of his clips on YouTube and all that, but you know it's hard to hard to say until you actually watch some games. I've watched two Vancouver games, and you know he looks like Wayne Gretzky out there.
1: Hey, Wayne Gretzky! All right, <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, uh, no. I mean, but he. I mean, the way that he moves, the way that he's carrying the players around him, uh, I just. I think it's a great time to be a Vancouver fan because where last year it was like, all right, at least you have Brock Besser. You know, you've, you've got this, you've got Brock Besser. You can look forward to things in the future, but you know, for now, just enjoy Brock Besser in the last Sedin season and, and call it a day. And and now suddenly you've got this guy coming in who's significantly better than Henrik Sedin filling in for Henrik Sedin essentially. (laughs) And uh, you, you add that to Brock Besser already. Suddenly, this team—I mean, they're two and two to start. I still think their goaltending is a little shaky, but I will say when I say it's shaky, from a historical standpoint, Markstrom hasn't shown much. But actually, to start the season, he's been pretty good. From what I've seen, he—he uh, he looks to be covering the net very well. So we'll see. You know, Vancouver—I don't think they're a playoff team, but I think that they could. I mean they can impress some people. I mean, right now they're, uh, they're seventh in the NHL in scoring through four games, averaging four goals a game. And so if they can keep that going, even if you don't get great goaltending, you've got a chance.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. um, Like you said, the downside is uh, Markstrom. I, I I haven't been as impressed with him as you have. Um, However, you know, he's, he's letting up almost close to four goals a game. So if they can, turn that around just a little bit, even a goal, goal and a half, I mean, you're talking a playoff-bound team at this point.
0: Yeah, and and some of the goals in on Markstrom have been some uh, defensive lapses, which are going to sure. happen everywhere, but I think early on in the season, it's like it truly is open season on goaltenders. It's yeah. just, <laughs> I mean, you've got, you know, the Devils are really, the Devils are the, uh, and the Islanders have been the the picture for defensive hockey early on i mean the devils only allowed two goals in their two games islanders have allowed five goals in their three games they shut out the san jose sharks and robin lehner had uh, maybe the best game in in the last 24 months for robin lehner shutting out the san jose sharks uh so maybe keep an eye on that you know the islanders have a lot to prove this season and so perhaps Robin Leonard, you know, he also has a lot to prove. And you get a team full of guys who have a lot to prove, they can turn some heads. Sure. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Okay, um, you're number three.
1: Number three, okay. Um, you know, you just mentioned, uh, mentioned them a little bit, the New Jersey Devils, to me. Um, they are a surprise in the fact that they are the last team in the NHL to have lose, to lose a game. They have not lost a game yet in the shootout or in regulation, two. for that matter.
0: Because <laughs> they've only played two games,
1: <laughs> sure, but they they put it to the Washington Capitals last yes, night. That and uh, that
0: to me was the surprise. Was sure. holy smokes <laughs> the Devils just destroyed the Stanley defending Stanley Cup champions, who have looked pretty decent this so far this year.
1: Yeah, you know, I figured I figured they would put up a good fight against the uh, the Caps, given that they had just been playing back-to-back games, and you know, and against Vegas, no less, which is a team that you know they definitely. Uh, I watched that game, and they they battled pretty hard that whole game. So I figured, you know, New Jersey might be able to get a step on Washington, but not a not a monstrous goal, like oh my, God, I can't even. That was just ridiculous. Just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean. Oh, sorry, sorry, keep going, keep going.
1: No, no, no. I'm 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 good. It's it's on you. If you want to go to your number three, let's let's hear it.
0: All right. Well my number three is this is a little random. But okay. they announced this last night. I was at the Toronto Detroit game last night. And they announced this during the I think it was during the pregame that the Red Wings would decide they decided to retire Red Kelly's number four. If you don't know who Red Kelly is. One of the best defensemen to play in that original six era. Won eight Stanley Cups, four with the Wings, four with the Leafs. And the Red Wings now, he's been retired for since the late 60s or early 70s. And the Red Wings have decided, eh, let's retire number four. Uh, I think Red Kelly is 91. He's still alive. 91 yep. years old. Uh, I was surprised that the Red Wings just went, yeah, let's retire this guy's number who's been retired for 50 years.
1: That's random, isn't it? A a little bit. I think. I think what you've been seeing lately is a lot of discussion since Zetterberg called it quits. To oh, do we retire his number? And I think maybe to, I don't know. Necessarily, I don't want to say divert the attention, but I mean, he's definitely a guy who deserved to have his number retired by Detroit um, because, yeah. I'm not doubting that.
0: Right. It's weird that it's taken them 50 years.
1: No, absolutely. I, I I that's definitely a surprise in its own. I I figured it would have been done a long time ago, but I think uh, you know, Detroit has always been a team that's been, you know, they're not like some of those other original six teams where they have a ton of numbers retired. I mean, Brett Kelly actually already has his number retired by your Toronto Maple Leafs.
0: Yes, he does. Well, actually we don't retire numbers. No, that's true. We we honor them. <laughs> the only true. way the Leafs retire a number, I think there's two numbers retired. Uh, one is Bill Barilko and the other one is Ace Bailey uh, yes. because both of them died while being in Maple Leafs. That's the only way they retire numbers.
1: Right. And, mo- I mean, what's even more surprising about Red Red Kelly, and, you know, you and I talked about this last year, one of our first podcasts on best defenseman ever, um, you know, he actually played center for the Maple Leafs to go up against the Canadians just for the sheer fact that he was so good defensively. And he he was really actually pretty good at center.
0: I mean, why wouldn't you be? Yeah, <laughs> it's the uh, yeah, and that and that's something you don't see. You know, you you do see the defensemen come up and play the wing sometimes, but you don't see them come up and play center.
1: No, yeah, it's a very it's it's a lot different now. I mean, for sure, but uh, yeah, more to your point though, the the timing of all of it is extremely yeah. shocking, and I don't know if it was because they were playing the Maple Leafs, maybe they decided you, you know, know. And less, that's, no, and that's
0: when now. the game is right. They're they're retiring him against the Leafs on February first. Yeah, there you go. So I'm sure that had a little bit to do with it.
1: A little bit. Um. Uh,
0: so my oh, that was that was my number three. Yes. <laughs> What's your Why number? don't
1: you give me your number? No, no, no. You go first.
0: No. Okay. All right. I'll give you my. Uh, I'll give you my number two. My number two is this: Connor McDavid, Rasmus Dahlin, Matthew Barzell, Patrick Laine, Leon Drysaitel, Ryan Getzlaff, Blake Wheeler, Nikita Kucherov. Steven Stamkos. What do all these players have in common?
1: Uh, they were very good looking.
0: This is a list of players that Ron Hainsey has more goals than. <laughs> Ron Hainsey has two goals. Stop it. And Connor McDavid don't have goals. He doesn't have goals. Neither no, does he scored team. one last night. Oh, he did score last night. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a beauty, actually. He went around Chara. Yeah, that was nice. Yep. Uh, but yeah, Stamkos, Kucherov, yeah, all those people. Ron hansey outscoring all of them. It's crazy. <laughs> um, that I will I will say that that kind of is packaged also with the fact that you know Austin Matthews is off to this historic start, multi-point games in all five games, uh, the youngest player to ever do that. Uh, I mean he is he's the first Maple Leaf to do multiple points in the first five games since like 1944. Uh, And then, of course, Morgan Riley has the best start for a defenseman in NHL history, beating out Bobby Orr, 12 points in five games for the youngster. Uh, Just an incredible offensive start, I'll say.
1: Yeah, I I will definitely agree with you. There is no doubting that uh, it's it's quite impressive what they've been able to do. Um, however, on the flip side of that, you look at their goals against—20 goals against through five games—not something to be too proud of. Uh, you hope you hope that they can cut that down a little bit moving forward.
0: That would be the hope.
1: Yes, they have as many goals against as. The Ottawa Senators do in through four games. So
0: well, they have more goals against than any other team has scored. Four. <laughs> the Leafs have scored twenty-five goals, and they've allowed twenty. And the next highest scoring team has eighteen goals.
1: Yes, uh, so, quite crazy.
0: Hey, I mean, why wouldn't you? But also remember this: is that uh, against Ottawa. They like they lose five three to Ottawa, right? And that's the if you if you were to take out that game, it maybe doesn't look quite as well. It still looks pretty bad <laughs> defensively. <laughs> I mean, when you allow six, they've allowed six, five, four, two, and three. They haven't allowed the same amount of goals yet. <laughs> two, three, four, five, right? Yeah, six. Yeah, weird, uh, but. I think against the Washington Capitals, I don't think that that number is going to stay down. I think that's going to be another high-scoring game, <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll yeah. play LA. They'll they'll play the Kings, and you'll see the Kings score th- four goals for the first time this year.
1: Wow! Yeah, uh, I would definitely agree with you on the King or not the Kings, but the Capitals. After being embarrassed against Vancouver, they'll come out firing for sure.
0: Yeah, especially if they bring on some. Poor kid who, you know, gets to watch Ovechkin plays a game and he's going to sign a puck for him. Then Ovechkin will go out and score a hat. Another hat trick for another kid who (laughs) – I think they do that against the Leafs on purpose, I swear. Why not? It's a conspiracy. Um, Okay, what is your number two, Justin?
1: Number two for me is the horrid start that the Vegas Golden Knights are off to. Um through five games, they have allowed 19 goals, which is only second to your Maple Leafs, but they cannot seem to score any goals. Um, Max Pacioretty, one guy we expected to put up, you know, 30, maybe even 40 goals this season, has only gotten one. Um, you know, that top line looks okay, but everything beyond it looks terrible, and that defense to me, even more so. Uh, everybody looks out of place and playing above where they should be slotted at.
0: Yeah, she. I mean, you know, everybody's saying, oh, Anaheim needs to just hold down the fort till Getzlaff gets back. It may be more real for Vegas. Everyone needs to hold the fort down until Nate Schmidt gets back. Yes, absolutely. Is maybe the most underrated player not playing for his team right now or the most important player not playing for his team now, maybe even more important than Ryan Getzlaff is to the Ducks. It's how just crucial that Schmidt is to that defense. And where where it allows people to slot and how it uh, changes their power play?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I expected a lot of players on this team to regress because one, you have you know you you have a lot of guys that that were playing last year with a chip on their shoulder. They had you know that whole entire city rallying around Vegas Strong and just the emotions of being a first year team and everything that was going on. Again, expected them to slide a little bit, but not to be one in four through five games. I mean, come on.
0: I like it. Yeah. Personally, finally, <laughs> it's uh, even though I, I picked them to be in the playoffs, maybe this year will be that year that like last year should have been. Sure. Uh, maybe not, but I, I actually I hope I hope it's not that way. But yeah, I I mean, it's five games. You know, and they they do have quite a bit of new personnel. They're missing some guys. Stastny's out, and I, I think that when you have a lot of especially key impact players coming in that haven't played there before, it takes a minute. It takes a minute to fully adjust. So, they I think they'll figure it out. Gerard Gallant has proven that he's one of the best coaches in the National Hockey League, and so I, I think they'll they'll figure this out. Uh, let's hear your number one. I'm curious, right. your top surprise in the NHL.
1: My top surprise is one man who is on pace currently, not on the Maple Leafs too, on pace for 164 points at this point in the season, um, whom I expected to probably finish with maybe a modest 50, and that's Jonathan Taves.
0: Ah, yes, that's a great call.
1: On fire, eight points through four games right now.
0: Yeah, and not only that he looks faster. Yes. He just looks m- much more confident and it appears that Joel Quinville is using him a little different in, in the way that he's deploying him more often in the offensive zone.
1: Yeah. I mean, he just again, like you said, looks a lot faster. He's he's not afraid to shoot the puck I think a lot of times. You know, he's always tried to you know be that playmaker that two-way guy and i think now they're just kind of letting the reins go saying hey go ahead now granted his shooting percentage at 33.3 percent isn't going to hold up throughout the whole year so we're going to see that that dip a little bit but uh nice to see him get it going for sure
0: yeah uh and you know i was when I when I said I, he's getting deployed differently, that was really based off, I've seen two of their games, and it, it felt like he was getting some more offensive zone starts. So I just looked it up. He actually, this year so far, has had 71.7% of his face-offs start in the offensive zone. That is wow. incredibly high. That is very yeah. high. Compare that to last year at 57.3%. Wow. So, I mean, that yeah. is certainly... A, a large reason probably for his production you would say because i mean he's uh that that also helps your possession numbers where he was at you know 54.9 uh whereas last i mean it's it's a little bit uh lower than it was last year but man is he getting he's getting some nice uh <laughs> nice opportunities starting in the offensive zone so
1: yeah and i will say this i mean he is one of the to me top five face-off guys in the league maybe behind Patrice Bergeron and Ryan O'Reilly, he might he's right up there. And you know, this season right now he's he's sitting at a, a pretty 61% faceoff. So, you know, when like you said if you're playing so much in the offensive zone, winning those battles at the draw to get the puck is only going to help your numbers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, that I I like that. For a number one and it's good to see because he's just one of those he's a likable guy, he's a great leader and uh, I think that it's even if you don't like as a Red Wings fan or you don't like Chicago, it's good when Chicago is a good team or at least competitive because they're fun. Like it's fun. Like, I mean, even for me, you know, I, I grew up, I hated the Red Wings, but last night, I, I mean, I was at the game last night, you know, it's three to one. I, I was just, Secretly, you're just like I want this to be a more competitive game, uh, <laughs> and, and and they they did make it fun in the end. It, it kind of had this feel like, yeah, okay, you can try and come back, but it's probably not going to happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, you take you take away that second period, and I think it's a little bit more of a competitive game. But
0: um... although, if you think uh, the the Red Wings when they hit that double post, oh. that double post was one of the most just. Because it, it happened so fast, and you're watching it live, and the people around me were like, what ha- What just happened there? I said, they just hit the post twice. People like people, couldn't figure out, like, based on where we were sitting, we are sitting in the, the mezzanine on that side of the ice, though, and they couldn't uh-huh. tell that they hit the post twice, and we see the replay, and the whole crowd just <laughs> it's jaw dropped seeing the – and then uh, Freddie Anderson earlier in the game had that – when they uh, had to pass across the crease and he slides over and makes that pad save. Uh, that, to me, was the save of the year thus far.
1: Yeah, that was pretty dirty. That was pretty dirty. And speaking of goaltenders, I will say, too, uh, back to to Jonathan Tapes here, uh, good for Chicago because Cam Ward has looked awful, so they need some, some scars.
0: Yeah, Cam Ward looks like he needs to go ahead and hang it up.
1: <laughs> All right, let me hear your number one.
0: My number one surprise is, is the fact that William Nylander remains unsigned.
1: Okay. I,
0: I am, uh, at least from William Nylander's perspective, he's got to be like, oh, shoot, this team can score so <laughs> much without me. I mean, I guess he could say, well, I'm better defensively, but that's not really true. So, I, I mean, would the team have even more goals with him? Uh, I think I think the one thing that I noticed was the second power play unit seems to be lacking a little bit. But I mean, that's about 30, 30 out of the hundred and twenty seconds on the power play each uh, each time. But the fact that they haven't figured this out is it's getting a little annoying. But uh, and and just what it's the conversation that it's creating is annoying to me. People saying, "Oh, you know Matthews. Maybe Matthews isn't going to sign, and he's going to wait for an offer sheet." And oh, there's teams that they'll. I think they'll do it. They'll offer sheet Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. It's like just stop. No one's doing that. No one is going to offer sheet Austin Matthews, and the Leafs would match anything that anybody could do, and they would figure it out. But William Nealander, figure your sh- out. It's just it's just ridiculous at this point.
1: Take your six and a half million and call it a day. Well said. Well said. Nothing needed to be added to that. I would agree.
0: Well, you know, be, uh, before I I take off and head to Iceland, the land of milk and ice, uh, <laughs> you know, I will say that uh, this is a terrible time to take a vacation to where you don't have access to very much Wi-Fi. Uh, but it, it's, it's going to be fun. But I am I am looking forward to uh, coming back and being a week behind everything and having to go back and watch games and figure out where we're at. I, I think I'll I think I'll be able to follow it a little bit. But uh, you are now responsible for the fort of overtime hockey talk. You got to build the pillows and make sure everything's set up. And then all the couch cushions. Make sure that fort stays intact while I'm gone.
1: Wow! Don't put that kind of pressure on me. <laughs>
0: Well, it's all it's all on you. So we'll see we'll see how you do with the pressure. Uh no. So fantasy hockey wise, I did I did want to uh to just bring this up before we end the show. Uh I don't know about you, but my team is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> my team has been struggling and it's because I feel like some of my team hasn't really played many games mm-hmm. and uh when they are, they're they're just playing brutal, uh, but something that I did, uh, I'm I'm gonna throw this out there for people, because you know I'm I'm struggling here in in fantasy. Uh, but I had somebody go on the IR. I had uh, Galchenyuk. He was like my last round pick, so I put Galchenyuk on the IR, and I said. Well, I might as well pick up Andre Kasha because I have two IR spots. So I picked up Andre Kasha, put him on the IR, and then picked up somebody else after that. So if you have a player on the IR, always pick, and you have two IR spots, always pick up an, another IR player because when they come back, you have the option to, uh, to do something with them. You, you know, you have them, or, or at very least you've stopped other teams from being able to acquire them. So... Well played. There's my fantasy hockey tip. Not that Andre Kesha is uh, necessarily the, the world beater impact player of fantasy hockey, but if your league goes deep enough, it, it very well could be. All right. Okay. Well, uh, I I guess that's our show.
1: Hey, there you go. Uh,
0: you can follow us on Twitter, at OTHockeyTalk. Uh, Justin is going to need all the company and friends that he can get. Since I'm his only one.
1: Thank
0: uh, you. <laughs> you know, uh, and, uh, yeah, you can hit us up on there. Let us know what you think of today's show. And please subscribe, do all that, and share it with a, uh, another fellow hockey fan. We'd, we'd really appreciate that. And if you don't mind, go on to you know wherever you listen, iTunes or CastBox, whatever it is, uh, and give our show a review. Hopefully it's five stars, but if you want to give us six and your app lets you do that, you can give us a six star. Uh, but, yeah, give us, give us a good review. That helps us uh, move up in the, the rankings on places and uh, gives us the opportunity to be found by other hockey fans, so we'd appreciate that. Well, Justin, any last thoughts before we sign off for the week?
1: Uh, Mark, just enjoy your time in Iceland.
0: Uh, well, thank you. I'll see you all. Back when I, uh, hopefully, you know, I don't end up in Greenland somehow. I hear that place is the cold one. Okay, okay. we'll talk to you.